How great is that? I saw Mike out signing autographs between services because of the performance he put on. Maybe you can catch him out there. He'd love to sign an autograph for you. Well, good morning, you guys. How are you doing? I think it's only going to get to 93 today, so it is a pleasant day for us to spend together in the afternoon outside, having fun, doing whatever your plans are. Uh, so thankful for the opportunities we get to spend time with family and be together and spend a little time relaxing perhaps this afternoon. Perhaps, for some of you, you'll have that chance. Our sermon series that we're starting over the course of this summer is taken out of the book of Proverbs. And if you were to associate one word with the book of Proverbs, what would it be? Right? It would be the word wisdom, wouldn't it? The book of Proverbs is a book that wants to help you be wise and make wise decisions. It's filled with short little sayings, all of which want to help you make wise decisions over the course of your life. That, that's its purpose. Look at the first three verses of the book of Proverbs. It says, The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity. The book of Proverbs wants to give you wisdom for living. But it isn't just any kind of wisdom, isn't it? It's not wisdom, for example, about how to get rich quick. There are books about how to get rich quick. And if you want one of those, I can sell you one for 20 bucks after the service. Right? But that, you're not going to find that in the book of Proverbs. You're not going to find wisdom in the book of Proverbs about how to become an amazing social influencer on social media. You're going to have to follow someone on Instagram for that. You're not going to find wisdom in the book of Proverbs about how to stay in peak physical condition. I've read articles about how to stay in peak physical condition. <laughs> read articles about it, usually while eating ice cream. You're not going to find wisdom about those kinds of things in the book of Proverbs. You're going to find one very distinct kind of wisdom, and that is God's wisdom about the best ways for those of us that he has made to live our lives. It is a very focused wisdom that is meant to live, lead to lives of righteousness, justice, and equity. That's God's desire, and that is the wisdom that he gives us in the book of Proverbs. It is wisdom about how God has designed us to live life. When my kids were much younger, we made way too many trips to Wisconsin Dells to play at water parks. Now, parents, I know what you're saying. Uh, isn't one trip too many, right? Uh, maybe. But we made a lot of trips. Our kids loved the water parks, and so we went again and again to these massive indoor water parks that they have in Wisconsin Dells. And we would go and play, and we would, I would walk the stairs with my kids over and over again to the top, and then you would ride the rides down, and then you'd walk to the top and ride the rides down. And of course, at some point, before they ever got tired, I would get tired. And so what would I try and convince them to do at that point? I would try to convince them to go to the lazy river, right? The lazy river is made for those times for parents. And so I would get them inner tubes. They'd begin to float around. I would just bob along next to them. Now, if you guys have ever been in a lazy river, they've got jets that shoot the water in a big circle. And when you're swimming with those jets, you feel like the fastest swimmer on the planet, don't you? 
When you are swimming with the current in that lazy river, you feel like Michael Phelps. I used to like swim around the circle as fast as I could to try and catch my kids from behind so I could come up from under the water and try and scare them and grab them from behind, which is why they, they need therapy. You need therapy, right? <laughs> and in the, in the middle of that one time, I was off on my own in the lazy river. Yeah, my, my kids were in the lazy river, but I'd drop back a fair amount. I was enjoying some of that time that parents enjoy occasionally, where you're like, oh, I'm by myself, bobbing along in this warm water. This feels so nice. I don't know where the kids are, and that's great. And I came around a bend, and there were my kids up at the top of the stairs. They were out of the lazy river. They'd already gotten rid of their inner tubes, and they said to me, Dad, Mom says it's time for dinner. I got a rule in my life about not needing to be told twice about dinner. And so I'm like, great, I got to get out. The problem was I'd already floated past the stairs where my kids were calling me to dinner. I said, well, that's no problem. I'll just make my way back to the stairs. So I started trying to walk against the current back to the stairs. And I was making no ground. Well, well, it's water. So I started trying to swim back against the current. And I was going backwards. I was not about to be defeated by this current. And so I put my head down and I just started making my way as best I possibly could until I accidentally hit a mom in the head <laughs> with one of my hands. She had her kid floating in a tube with her and I had to apologize and just float to the next set of stairs and get out there. <laughs> Going against the current was a mistake uh, and, and it kind of made a mess of things. And that's really what the book of Proverbs wants to teach us. God has a particular current for the way that he has made life to work. It's God's way for people. And when we go with that current, we're, going, we're living life according to the way that God's made us to live. And Proverbs teaches us that current of God. When we go against that current, we make a great big mess. The current, as we see in Proverbs, teaches us about God's way in all different areas of life. It teaches us about God's way to live in marriage, God's way to use your words, God's way to have relationships with friends, God's way to use your finances, God's way to function in your workplace. Proverbs teaches us God's way about all of those different things. And one of the keys that Proverbs wants us to understand is there are two ways that a person can live and two ways that we can make decisions. One is along with the current that God has made for us. The other is against the current that God has made for us. Right? The Proverbs has a name for people who live according to the current that God has made for people. You can see it maybe in the purple there. Right? It calls them the wise. The wise are those who go along with the current that God has made for people. But there's another group of people in the book of Proverbs, right? Who is that? That's the fool. And how does the fool live? The fool, live, the fool lives going against the current that God has made. And like me in the lazy river, it's a mistake and they make a mess. We need to understand that the proverb says that for the person who lives wisely, according to the current that God has made for people, there are blessings. 
There are positive circumstances for those who live according to God's way of living. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 13 through 15 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver, and her profit better than gold. She's more precious than jewels, and nothing you desire can compare with her. If you'll gain wisdom and make wise decisions over the course of your life, that is better than the greatest riches that you could possibly attain. The Proverbs are filled with short sayings that say, if you will live according to the way God made people to live, then you will experience blessing and positive circumstances. Now, there is a key that I want us to understand as we read through all of those Proverbs in the book of Proverbs and the positive circumstances that come to us if we live God's way. And that key is this. We often experience the positive consequences in our circumstance. If you live according to God's way, as he's outlined it in the Proverbs, as he's outlined it in the rest of his word, we often experience positive consequences in our circumstances. Does that say we always experience positive consequences in our circumstances? No, often We often experience positive consequences in our circumstances, but we always experience the positive consequences in our eternal soul. You live according to the Proverbs. You live according to the way that God has outlined for people to live. You will always reap benefits in your soul from that. You will often experience positive consequences in your circumstances. You all uh, can think of people who have done things right and then experienced challenging circumstances, right? That's why there is the word often. This can be complicated, so let's use an example from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4 says this, A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. Let me say that again. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. As I go about my days, I can be a hard worker or a lazy butt, right? Those are my options. Which is more likely to produce wealth in my life? More often than not, it is the hard worker who is going to produce wealth in their life, not the person who is living a lazy life. But you all know exceptions to that, don't you? You all know someone who has lived their entire life in laziness and then has inherited a huge sum of money or has lived their entire life in laziness and then won the lottery. There are exceptions. You may also know someone who's been so very diligent, diligent in their studies, diligent in their workplace, and now they have come upon hard times. When we live according to God's way, we often experience positive consequences in our circumstances. That is why this book is called the book of Proverbs and not the book of promises. If we experience positive consequences in our circumstances 100% of the time, it would be called the book of promises. But these are Proverbs, general wisdom that is true most of the time as we live out life on this earth. But we always experience positive consequences in our eternal soul. The person who works hard, more often than not, is going to experience positive consequences in their work life, but they're always going to experience positive consequences inside them. The character that is built through a life of hard work, 
the eternal rewards that they will receive from using the stewarding the resources that God has given to them and stewarding them well. I, I need you to understand this as you go through the Proverbs. These are not promises. They're often true within our current circumstances, but always have a benefit to our eternal soul. And so we want to live wise lives because God says there's great benefit to that, to living according to the current of the way that he made us to live. Guess what, you guys? The opposite is also true. When we live against the current that God has designed, there are negative consequences. Wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. You guys, wisdom is not hiding. It's not hard to find. God has given it to us. She's right there crying out to us. But some people refuse to listen to God's wisdom when they make decisions. What are the consequences for that? Because I have called and you refuse to listen, I have stretched out my hand and no one has heeded. Because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, Proverbs 1 says. When terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind, when distress and anguish come upon you, then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, would have none of my counsel and despised all my reproof. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Some of you may be reading this in absolute disbelief. What? I thought God was merciful. I thought God was gracious. I thought if we sought God, he could always be found. And what is this saying? It's saying, laugh at your calamity. Mock you. I will not answer. How is that possible? Friends, I want to assure you, our God is merciful. He, he is forgiving. If you seek him, he will be found. But this isn't God being talked about in Proverbs chapter 1, is it? It's not God doing the mocking in this verse. It's not God who will not be found. Who is being talked about in Proverbs chapter 1? It's wisdom, right? It's wisdom personified. And ultimately, what is being taught in these phrases like mock you, right? Will not be found. Laugh at your calamity is that while God is merciful and while God is gracious, the kinds of things that come out of the decisions that we make, the consequences that we suffer, they are unyielding and unrelenting. There is no mercy and no grace when it comes to consequences of the decisions that we make. Is God merciful and gracious? Always, all the time. But the decisions that we make have consequences. And wisdom says, when you reject me, you will eat the fruit of your way. That's just the way it is. I worked with a guy for years who had grown up in a tough environment, had turned to alcohol and drugs. And as we spent time together, 
Uh, he came to a place where he placed his faith in Jesus. He was growing. It was an exciting time in his life. He actually got a job that was his dream job. He was a cook at a home for troubled teens. And since he had been a troubled teen, this really connected with his heart. And he loved to cook, maybe more than anything else in life. And so he was like, this is my dream job. And for months he worked this dream job and we were so excited about what was going on. And then he went through a rough patch in his life. And over a two-week period of time, he showed up at work three times inebriated and had to be sent home. And on the third time, they fired him. And he came to me and he said, Matt, why doesn't God want me to have good things? Proverbs chapter 19, verse 3 says, When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. Consequences are unyielding. They can even be harsh when we make foolish decisions. And in my sin, I want to blame anyone else. Maybe it's God, maybe it's other people. I want to blame anyone else. And so I tried to assure him, this isn't about God wanting to hold you back. You've made decisions that run contrary to the way God made the world to work. And there's consequences for that, negative consequences. I knew a guy who was, years ago, always lazy at work. He didn't think of himself as lazy because none of us think of ourselves as lazy. But everyone around him thought of him as lazy. And one day in a group of guys, he said, I, I just don't get it. I, I don't know why God has me stuck in this particular spot. God didn't have him stuck in his particular spot. He was making daily decisions at the workplace that run contrary to the way God made the world to work, and there's consequences for that. God has very clear teaching in the book of Proverbs throughout Scripture about the need to discipline our children. When we choose not to discipline our children and to go contrary to the way that God has made the world to work, there are consequences for that. And the whole world pays for it. I've talked to teacher after teacher who is frustrated in the classroom by how much time they spend disciplining versus how much time they get to spend teaching. Why? Because so many parents have abandoned God's wisdom, the current of the way that he has made things to work. And it's had negative consequences on those kids, on families, and on society as a whole. I met with a guy years ago who was regularly watching pornography. And he said to me, I, I, I don't know, I, I just, my marriage seems distant. My sex life isn't what it should be. I, I just, I'm not attracted to my wife anymore. Really? Months, years of, of lusting after women on a screen has had an impact on your life? I'm shocked by that. The things that we do have consequences. And Proverbs chapter 1 says those consequences are unyielding. God is merciful. God is gracious. Wisdom is not. I've known people who have gone to church and every Sunday dressed up as great Christian families, but then in the other six days of the week, Jesus gets no attention whatsoever. And when those kids reach a place where they're older, they walk away and have no interest in Jesus. What is that? 
That's the natural consequences of rejecting God's wisdom. God's wisdom is, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength in every aspect of your life. At church, at home, at work, love God entirely and with every ounce of your being. And when we reject that, and we're one family at church, but a different family at home, there's consequences for that. My wife and I have a couple of good friends, both women, who were um, sexually active before they came to faith in Jesus. When they came to faith in Jesus, they dealt with a tremendous amount of shame because of what had gone on before they placed their faith in Jesus. My wife and I have communicated to them again and again about the mercy of God, about his forgiveness, about there being no shame and no condemnation because they are in Christ Jesus. All of those sins have been erased. They have been cast into the deepest sea. As far as the east is from the west, I'll just keep going like this for a while, right? There is no more sin there. God is merciful. He is gracious. But we have wept with these women because they both have sexually transmitted diseases and they don't want to date ever again because they don't want to get into a relationship with a man and then have to explain all of this as they've gone through the dating process. God is gracious and he is merciful, but wisdom is not. And when we go against the current of the way that God has designed life to work, there are negative consequences for that. And that is what Proverbs wants us to understand. That's why it's so important, according to the book of Proverbs, that we live the life of the wise rather than the fool. Right? We live the life of the wise rather than the fool. Hopefully, if you're in here today, that's your interest. You want to be the wise rather than the fool. How do we go about that? Proverbs gives us two keys to living the life of wisdom. The first one is this, totally submit your life to God. Uh, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. The fear of the Lord is an Old Testament phrase that describes submitting yourself fully and totally to God. It isn't talking about being afraid of God. It is talking about so reverencing Him that you recognize He is the center of all of life. If we don't submit to God, if he's not the very center of our days, then there's no wisdom because wisdom comes out of the fear of the Lord. It starts with the fear of the Lord. If the pursuit of our lives is still primarily pleasing other people or gaining comforts or, or possessions or whatever it is, then there's no wisdom for us. Because wisdom starts with full submission to God as God, recognizing you're the center of my life. You are the center of all of life. That, that's got to be step one. Step two goes hand in hand, and that is to seek God's teaching. We fully submit to God and we seek his teaching. Look at Proverbs 2, 1 through 4. It says, my son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasure. Just pause there for a second. Do you see the words of pursuit in these first four verses? Seek, search, 
call out for, treasure, right? Everything is going after this. This is deep seeking and deep searching after God in his word that's being talked about here. Uh, I, since my wife and I moved into the house that we live in, uh, like once every few months I lose something. It's going to total shock to you. And what I lose <laughs> determines how hard I look. So at one time, a couple of years ago, I was watching a ball game and it was time to turn the ball game off. And I looked around and I couldn't find the remote control anywhere. Right? Anyone been in that spot? Yeah, absolutely. And so where did I start to look? I started to look in the couch cushions all around. It has to be in the couch cushions. Couldn't find it anywhere. Checked all of the surfaces around, no remote. So what did I do? I went over to the power button on the side of the TV. I turned it off and walked away and forgot the remote was lost. I actually forgot the remote was lost entirely until five days later when my wife said, why is the remote on top of the fireplace? I went, oh, yeah, that's right. I lost that. That's where it was. There wasn't great searching going on, great seeking going on when the remote was lost. It was super half-hearted, like, yeah, it's somewhere. Somebody will find it at some point. But at a different time, after we moved into our house, I lost my wallet. There is a totally different level of seeking and searching that goes on when you lose your wallet. There is a large chunk of my life that is kept in there. And anyone who has ever lost their wallet and had to go through the process of canceling all of those cards, of trying to get new ones reissued, of trying to work with the DMV to get, oh my goodness, no, we got to find this. I don't want to go through all of that. And so I searched everywhere. Those same couch cushions on top of the fireplace. I was searching everywhere in the house, every room. And then I went and got my wife to help me search because She's better at looking for things than I am. Okay, she's in the nursery right now, so I don't think she can hear me. I'm willing to confess that to you right now. She's better at looking. If you bring this up, I'll deny it, but she's better at looking for things. <laughs> so I got my wife involved. My kids were actually home at the time. Soon, all four of us were searching for my wallet. Finally, my daughter found it under the passenger seat of the car. It had fallen out of my pocket. and Anyway... We finally found it. You guys, we were not going to stop searching until we found it. If we'd had to look for three days, whatever, they, we would have ordered food, we would have kept searching. There was going to be no end until we found that wallet. I bring this up because it's that second kind of searching that is clearly in view here. Look at all of those seeking and searching and inquiring words that are up there as a part of this passage. Because the author of the Proverbs wants you to understand, if you want wisdom, you got to go after it. If you want to know God and know what he commands of his people and know how to relate to him, you got to go after it. It's, it's in here and you got to go after it. you got to seek, you got to search deep for it. And when we do that, what happens? Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth, come knowledge and understanding. It comes from his mouth. Where do we find that? Where, where do we find the words of God? We find it in here, don't we? We find God's word in here. 
So let me ask you, this summer, if you were to take your seeking and searching after God and His truth in His Word to an unprecedented level in your life, what would that look like? If you were to seek after God and seek His truth in His Word in a way that was greater than you ever had before, what would that look like in your life? Let, let me give you a minute uh, just, to, just to spend praying and thinking about that question. Let, let me encourage you to just go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes and ask that question. Lord, what would that look like in my life if I sought you in your word in a way that is greater than I ever have before in my life? What would that look like? Friends, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, whatever that is, be obedient to it. Seek Him like never before over the course of this summer. A couple of thoughts that came into my mind in terms of help with this. One, seeking God's teaching, I'd encourage you to buy help. Uh, one of the things that is often a barrier for people in digging into God's Word is they read and they read and they come to places where they're like, I don't know what that means. Or I don't know who that applies to. Let me encourage you to buy some help with that. Buy a great study Bible that can help you with that. I've got a study Bible sitting over there on the table that I usually use to speak from. Buying that study Bible cost me less than my wife and I going to lunch at Chick-fil-A. Right? And no, that's not because of how much I eat. You guys are so mean. Honestly. It's not because Chick-fil-A raised their price that I'm aware of. Right? Uh, I don't know, 20 bucks. Maybe 30, depending on the day that you're looking for it. You can find that ESV study Bible over there. And the notes in it are so very helpful in terms of processing what the Scripture means as you're reading it. Uh, if, you, if you buy the one with the super ugly cover, the hard cover, it can come cheaper. I actually had one of those up there on the first service with the really ugly cover, and somebody came up to me afterwards and asked if they could have it. So they've got it now. All right, this is art out of his office that I put up there as an illustration. Uh, no, you may not have that. Although if you know anything about art, Barb may want him to get rid of those books that he's got. Even the Bible is like, no, no, here. He doesn't need 70 shelves of books at his house, but I, I can't give away his stuff. Buy help. Second, dig into the Scripture. We've talked about digging into the Scripture in a way like never before. The Proverbs can be a part of that. Dig into the Proverbs this summer and seek God's wisdom as we're going through this message series in the Proverbs. A lot of people will go through the chapter of the Proverb that corresponds with the day of the month. Anyone ever done that? Right, so today is June 13th, so which chapter of Proverbs would you read? The 13th, yes, you guys are so good at this. Yes, I will not do more days. You, you probably don't need that. And, and I'd encourage you to jump in today. Jump into Proverbs 13 because today's the 13th. You may say, well, doesn't Proverbs start with the first chapter? Y yes, and you'll get back there on July 1st. 
But just jump in right today into Proverbs chapter 13. And whatever day of the month it is, read that chapter in Proverbs. And finally, get into community that's seeking after God's word together. My life group is studying the book of Galatians right now. Before that, we went through the book of Ruth. It has been so enriching in my life. So helpful to go through the word of God with others as we chime in about what God is doing in and through us over the course of the week. You need to be a part of a life group that is studying the word of God. Other books are great, but that's not the meat of what we're going after. We want to go after the word of God and spend time with him and gaining his wisdom. So seek it with others, friends. Whatever you are doing, whatever God is convicting you of this morning in terms of what it would look like to go after God and his word in a way that is unprecedented in your life, I want to encourage you to do that. Let me pray for us so that that'll be true in our lives. Father, we ask for your Holy Spirit to continue to work in each and every person who is in here. We recognize the goodness of the word of God. It is honey. It is riches. It is goodness. And we're thankful that we can have your word and put it within us. Lord, we ask for your spirit to continue to lead and guide us into greater connection with you through your word this summer than we've ever experienced in our lives. God, we thank you for the opportunity to have the word. What what a blessing we have compared to believers through the centuries that I can stand here and just hold it in my hands. Every person can sit in a seat and just hold it in their hands. Lord, what a blessing that you have given to us. We want to take advantage by meeting with you and being with you in your word. In Jesus' name.